The opinions expressed on That's a Foul do not reflect the view of any organization to which the host or guest are affiliated or employed. Hey, welcome back. We got our friend Scott Voltz on today to talk about the emotional bank account, stories from his time on deck, and how he helps mentor referees. Let's do it. Sports are an integral part of my life, specifically officiating. I've met a lot of interesting people on deck and on the sidelines. From referees to evaluators, coaches to administrators, players to fans, each one has a story to tell. And that's a foul. It's a place to tell it. Each episode, we'll dive into personal and professional lives to see what they can share to make us all a little better tomorrow. I'm Chad Packer, and this is That's a Foul. favorite people in water polo. Scott Boltz is in today. He's one of the top referees in the country and a damn fine individual if I do say so my damn self. He and his wife Alicia and their two sons recently moved back to the LA area after spending some time in his native Michigan the last few years. Got a chance to connect this week while the sons took their afternoon naps so let's catch up with Scott in quarter one and find out how things are going. <laughs> Am I too bright? Like I, I know I don't, I'm very pale and so there's a good there's a weird reflection off of this area. It must be. Yeah. Yeah. We'll work on the lighting out there for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Well, the good news is it's just audio. So, you know, yeah. So you're in LA now, man. What's that like? Wonderful. Uh, today is a horrible weather day. It's like uh, 71 and cloudy. <laughs> that sucks. It's amazing. Sucks. I actually played golf this morning. Oh. Uh, yeah. So I wasn't ditching you for golf. I got home and my wife was like, yeah, today's been the worst day ever. So then she had work to do and all that stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, Great. Can I add sunglasses? Is that all right if I go do that? Yeah, right absolutely, back? bro. Do your uh, thing. I'll be, I'll be right back. Sorry. There it is. Is my uh, audio okay? I mean, I, I have a terrible voice, so it's only going to get so good. But uh, I, I think it's fantastic. Full disclosure, I know we're on today if you need to jump off uh, a, a few times or we need to we need to wrap see, this back on a second segment. If you see anyone behind there, like, ah, I also have, uh, have you heard of a snoo? Have you heard of this? No. Okay, this is freaking awesome. So it's stupid expensive, um, and I thought my wife was on crack. But it's a, like a bassinet that it rocks the kid. And then it like senses their body moving and stuff like that. And so it rocks them more or less accordingly. And I can control it from my phone and it sends me live data. So like I can tell you that this morning he got up at, he was in there from, for a nap from 1137 to 1220, at which point he woke up and was awake for however long. And, you know, here's his sleep cycle yesterday. You know, those are the, his sleep times. And wow, it's, it's crazy and stupid. And I would like, my wife told me about it and she's like, but it's really expensive. And I was like, yeah, no, we're not buying it. Best thing I've ever seen for a child. Okay. He'll sleep like eight, 10 hours at, at a time. So I can actually monitor him from this without looking at him. I can just tell if he's waking up and stuff. So nice. if you see me, if you see me say my kid's purple, he's not actually purple. It's just the color on here is purple. So how is Toby doing? Toby's good. He got his vaccines. Um, his four month vaccines on Thursday. And I think the rotavirus one gave him some like muscle cramping in his stomach and stuff. So he's been a little pest, you know, little 
little bit of a snot for the last couple of days, but sure. Um, but it, it, you know what? I'd rather have him have muscle cramping for a few days than get really sick. Yeah. What's Max up to? Max is napping right now, but he has just been uh, so happy because his his best friends live in his house. So he just spends all day playing with us and asking us to play with him. If it, it's not even like an option not to play with him, you can be playing with him for like an hour. And then you like turn, Dad. Can you play with me? Yes. So he's he's good. He's just uh, you know, he needs school. He needs kids. Yeah. Father's Day good. Father's Day was okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was okay. How about you? Father's Day was 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 pretty good. Yeah, Maddie and I we went. Uh, let's see what we do. We went we went paddle boarding, which which is fun. And then uh, her boyfriend invited her to go to Top Golf. Oh, and yeah. Maddie, Maddie the, the very one that you and I hit at. Nice. And uh, Maddie had never swung a golf club before, so we went to the driving range, and she put a couple of them out there, about a buck twenty, buck thirty, you know, with uh, nice. with with my clubs. Hit, hit one about forty five degrees off a pole that came back and almost hit a guy watching his grandkids hit. But uh, perfect, you know, perfect. You know, I, plus I'm not <laughs> control. I'm not not in control of that. You know, I mean, yeah, God's will. I mean, you know, when I swing, it it really is God's will wherever it's going. Where, yeah, trust me, I can attest to that. Today yeah. I hit it pretty straight, but last time I played, or two times ago I played it, yeah. Mm. Not so much. They were all over the place. That's I literally hit a pole at like 45, a 45 degree angle and it shot up into the parking lot. And I was like, who did that? Who did that? <laughs> Somebody walking by it was started applauding, you know, doing the sarcastic laugh and clap and laugh. And I was like, thanks. Thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. 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 The smoke really was good. Uh, it, we've, uh, we got some work. We did some work here in our backyard. You know, see if I can turn you around. A basketball hoop there. Yeah, bas- basketball hoop for Max, which is currently mm-hmm. serving as my charger holder. Uh, we got the smoker and the grill, and then we just had our lawn redone. We got an area down there. We're going to put a playset for him, so we didn't have any grass put in down there. But um, this house had zero grass. Mm. Um, imagine a dirt field, and then cover it with random crap. And that was our house. <laughs> I found a railroad tie in the, in the yard. Or, yeah. like, sorry, uh, a peg. Sure. Uh, sorry, a spike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not a railroad for like 30 miles. <laughs> As he looks left and right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Nothing. Taylor Swift, go. Oh, my next wife. Um, <laughs> she, uh, I actually really enjoy Taylor Swift. Did you watch her special by any chance? Uh, you know, I didn't. I was... I was indisposed, I suppose. When 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 was that? <laughs> I don't know. Sometime during this quarantine, like a month ago or something. Sure. So, um, it was it was from France. It was like a city of lover. I think it was okay. called it. Was their album, uh, very good. But it was like eight songs, maybe, and it was like an hour long special. So a lot of commercials. I enjoy the fact that she's getting involved in social justice, if you will. Yeah, um, for sure. Some components, and I like. I like the fact that she just doesn't care. Um, but I, I've also been listening to some of her music. Shake It Off was on, on the way home oh. today. I, I sang it. And Max loves it. I get him to shake it off. You know, that really is good, good advice for anyone. You know, just, just <laughs> shake it off. Especially I mean, my three-year-old child. Yeah. Yeah, when you think about it, Dale. I just, just shake it off. All right, in quarter two, we're going to talk with Scott about his water polo development as a referee. And here's some great stories from his time on deck with the national team. 
We also get straight gold when he talks about the emotional bank account as a way to maintain balance. I think it was Amber that taught me this, but if you do something as a reset to kind of you know, calm your body, uh, it could be, you know, just uh, pulling the ball out of the pool real quick and maybe turn into the table and then throwing it back in, just kind of get a deep breath. You know, I actually got mine from Bob Corb, uh, or at least some variants of it. Uh, he uh, he said, when you, you know, you like you make a call and you're like, okay, that's not a big deal. And then you make another call and then another, and you kind of get in that snowball of like, what's going on right now? He said, take a minute to reset or a second to reset, check the clock, check the scores check the the shot clocks and if you have to check the benches just to give yourself like a this is my reset time i'm checking this i'm checking this i'm checking this okay we're past it now it's time to go on yeah so do you watch do you watch, do you watch better call saul uh i don't i started and then i just i stopped on it but i i do love that stuff i love breaking bad so yeah yeah this it's 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 good so is uh saul jimmy mcgill mm -hmm. older brother chuck you know he's he has some some um allergies to that you know the the magnets and the electric stuff like that and yep. it's funny because in, in the last episode he was working with a doctor and she you know provided some some challenges and he was walking down the street and he was physically naming things right green tree brown brick red bike and there's something to that too i've i've heard where you know when you get in that high stress just start naming things you're observing around yeah. you and it, it kind of centers you back into uh, where you are so maybe just look at the clock right it's you know it's nine to six there's three twenty eight red cone yellow cone coach with a hat on just kind of those mm -hmm. those things i don't really know but I, it's funny because when he was doing it, i'm like i knew exactly what he's doing yeah because i found myself spinning before and, and <sighs> we all have to, right trying to trying to calm myself down do you call it out loud will you walk around the pool that can say orange cone yellow cone right i dare you next time okay well <laughs> challenge accepted challenge accepted i don't know I wonder what you're what you're talking about anyways but yeah. i'll just pretend i was on the on the head <laughs> oh he asked me about something yeah <laughs> yeah what's he talking about ah he's just naming random shit <laughs> here here's one for you you were in michigan i think you guys were in la and then maybe texas and then back to michigan have i got that correct yeah we're just doing loops sure. uh just good old counterclockwise loops of the country yep sure you guys are living in michigan and you're you're real i mean you're really finding your way moving up the ranks in in usa water polo as a referee how hard is it Scott, to get to that level as someone without a ton of games to ref, maybe even nearby, or especially high-level games to ref nearby? I think the secret to uh, any of that is it is hard. It is hard work, but it's, it's something you got to be willing to put in the time and effort to, to do. I'm very, very fortunate in that my wife played polo too, so she gets it. She gets that it's a, you know, I don't want to say it's a thankless job or a thankless sport, but I mean, it's not your basketball, your football, your you know, major money sports, but she played club at Michigan state and every weekend when they played, they were, I mean, they were gone every weekend through the, throughout their season. So she gets like travels a part of it, that being away is part of it. So working with uh, at the time, I think Jim and then uh, eventually Takeshi and now Levon in that, that role, I was given a lot of good opportunities and when I got those opportunities, my wife said, go for it. And so I was mm -hmm. able to, to do it. So like JOs, I want to say my first JOs was about whoa, probably 13 years ago, something like that. And I just, I, I, I said, Hey, I'm going. And I had to pay for my own flight and I had to put in the own, my own time, but it was the best decision I ever made. And then, you know, just little by little, um, more opportunities came it became a little bit easier with some of the travel stuff and you kind of get in your routines, but 
ultimately it's hard. Uh, you got to jump at what you have locally. And like I said, keep your nose to the uh, grind. And when someone gives you an opportunity, you jump at it. I think you have probably soldiered through the hard part of needing to say yes, when maybe you wish you could say no. And now you've mm-hmm. probably reached the point where you and, and, you know, a lot of these other higher level referees can say no to some things because it's not going to be the one chance that you get. But I don't know if you can talk to that. And maybe one of the things I, I kind of jump on here a little bit is like that life balance. I think you're, you're 100% right that um, I've been there and felt like I cannot miss this. This is my chance. This is my one opportunity that I'm going to get. Um, so I have to go. And now I think, I think in part it's having been around a little bit more, you, you can say no. I don't like to still, still say no to um, different events, um, especially, you know, USA water polo stuff where there's opportunities to mentor and things like that. I, I still like to do that. I enjoy that as a teacher, former teacher. I love that component of it. But I think what is also happening is I think when you're young and you're first coming up, you think, man, if LeVon asks me to do this and I say, no, he's never going to ask me again because I don't take water polo seriously. That's what he's going to think. But I think LeVon and uh, now Tiffany in that, that role too, they get that we have lives, especially, you know, Tiffany with her kids is one of the busiest women I've ever met in my life or per- people I've ever met. You know, they get like that sometimes things don't work. Now, if you continually turn people down, then that's going to be a different story. But if something comes up and you can't do it, it's not the end of the world. There will be more opportunities. Um, and I think the balance component of that is, is where that comes in. Sometimes you do have to say no to things. You do have to turn it down. And uh, I think you and I, a couple of years ago, talked about an emotional bank account. Yes. Oh, it's gold. Do, yeah. do that. Talk about that, man. <laughs> that, that is gold. I have, I have said that to more people, even outside of water polo, you can possibly count. So that's, that's gold. That, that's what the, the listeners are looking for, Scott. There you go. There you go. I, I will. <laughs> that's what the listeners are looking for. I do it for the listeners. No, my, uh, I'd love to take any credit for it, but my wife uh, taught me this years ago that everybody has an emotional bank account. Whether or not you want to acknowledge it, you do. Um, and people make deposits and people make withdrawals to your bank account. You know, you're supposed to meet someone for dinner and they don't show up. That's a big withdrawal, you know, and maybe you think twice about inviting that person to dinner if they didn't show up, right? At the same time, you go out of your way to do things to help people, you're making a deposit. So I think that that's part of this balance uh, with life, with officiating especially, is that if you're constantly gone, you're constantly making withdrawals. You are not, you don't have an opportunity to make any um, deposits. So maximizing the time when you're around to make deposits into someone's emotional bank account and also understanding when the account is running low that you can't keep making withdrawals. Um, Mm. You need to spend a little bit more time at home um, you need to spend a little bit more time at home because as much as we all love water polo, it's not as great as your family. Who's that person that tells you you can't make any more withdrawals? Is that, is that Alicia? Um, I don't, she doesn't say it. Um, like I said, she's super supportive. Um, I think I can just tell more than anything. Um, you know, when you get to know someone so well that you feel, you feel like they're, they're, they're running dry, like their mm-hmm. bank account is, is, is empty or is low. And then even sometimes it's me. Sometimes I need, uh, you know, my account is low. And as much as water polo recharges me, sometimes, you know, we all get burnt out a little bit. Yeah. Just a weekend home with the barbecue loads that back up. Then family time, you know. For sure. You get a chance to travel internationally, yeah? A few times, yeah. What would you say is the biggest challenge to that? And what would you say is the biggest reward? 
Um, the biggest reward is truly just representing your country. It is, it is cool to be there as a USA referee. Now, uh, that also kind of comes with challenges, though, too, in that, like, you are expected to be the USA referee. And, you know, they expect that USA water polo referees know their stuff. And so um, there are challenges when people bring, uh, you know, are calling certain things and they're coming to you for advice. And there's language barriers and, and things like that. I say that at more um, around like in the Yuana level in the, in the Americas, that's okay. kind of the case internationally in Europe. I don't know. I, I've only been one time and I was, I was a rookie and it was cl- kind of clear that I was the rookie. Um, so I can't speak to it too much. I feel like the game inside the water is still close to the same game, you know, that we learn out here. There's always differences um, in every country and every tournament, every age group, you know, whatever, but it's, it's more or less the same. It's the stuff outside of the water, the spending time with the other officials, making sure you are uh, on deck for uh, when you need to be on deck, when you're in the stands, when you need to be in the stands, um, kind of the coordination of that stuff and trying to, uh, trying to be part of the team during the training components. You're, you know, you're training with team USA. So you're roughing their games and all that stuff. But as soon as the tournament starts, you are no longer associated with that team. Uh, wow. I mean, you are, I mean, you are still a team USA referee, but you don't talk to your team other than maybe a hello here or there and a, a couple texts, but you're not like hanging with them, if that makes sense. So it's, it's a lot of alone time, kind of, you know, I was in Serbia, which was wonderful and an awesome trip, but I was in Serbia. It was me by myself in Serbia. So mm. got to know the other referees and had a good time with them. But there are times when you're just kind of lonely and you're missing home. You're sure. That stuff. sure. Yeah, but it's There's great. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for a second. It's really neat. Yeah. And I mean, and watching our athletes, they're amazing. <laughs> and it's, it's crazy. Like, I remember when I was 16, I was like, I'm good. I, and I was not, let's just go ahead and clarify that. I was, I was not on the same level, even remotely on the same level as these guys, but even like there's good. And then there's our guys that are just and our girls that are just amazing. I mean, our yeah. women's team is the best team in the world. Hands down. Uh, obviously things are close, but they're just so good. So dominant. Um, and watching our 16 year old boys who are, six foot six 250 pounds you yeah. know huge men you're like okay cool <laughs> keep it up you're doing a great job it's really amazing how does like mpsf women's water polo compare with that international women's level so i've only called domestic women's games for like our senior women's team sure. um, i've called some age group stuff uh, or sorry, it's like uh, Ioana, so our, our national team, like in Trinidad or in Jamaica or in Canada. But usually that's not our senior team. Our senior team is doing the stuff in Europe. So that's like the okay. FINA events. I haven't had any women's FINA events. But the ones that I have uh, called domestically, like they're friendlies with Australia or, or whomever, they're just so good. I mean, you go to their practice. I, great story. I watched Maggie Steffens at one practice make a pass that I was like, why – did she do that? Like it was a pass that you thought would have been dry, but she put it wet and it was bad. Like it was, it it was like, why did she make that pass right there? And then what you saw was based on her player, her teammate going to grab that ball. She made a move. The defense shifted. She knew they were going to shift. And so she grabbed and came back, looked like she was going to release and move forward and and went and got the ball and scored. And she did it, and I turned to Adam Kukori, and I said, did she just do that on purpose? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, she does that. Like, it was, wow. it was like, legitimately four steps ahead. Um, wow. So, I mean, and obviously, she's one of the best players in the world. All our, all our women are. Um, but that, it was just – it was mind-blowing. 
Um, and I mean, MPSF games are amazing. They're, they're great. And I haven't had a, too many chances to call those, but those I have, I've been, always enjoyed it, but they're just, uh, take, pick the best one from each team and put them on that team. And there you go. Wow. They're that's so a great cool. story. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah it does. It seems ridiculous, but it's like Michael Jordan setting, you know, doing the first part of the play that he made up all by himself and the scoring as the shot clock expired. If you think about yeah. That. Here we go. Our final quarter discussion focuses on opportunities Scott takes to mentor referees, what he's working on to improve his own game, and his thoughts on the new rules. And he closes it out with a great story from the state championship game he refereed in Michigan. You said that you're a, a former teacher, which means you'll always be a teacher. It's true. When you're watching... You've given me a lot of mentoring, and I, I know that you work with referees and ODP and uh, even just in the Midwest when you were back here and then at JOs, you uh, an age group lead referee. So when you're watching developing referees, what are two things you immediately notice or look for that let you know this person has some potential? Yeah, I think the first thing uh, I'm looking for is kind of positioning and if in seeing how they're reacting to the game, if that makes sense. Because if, sure. if they're way out of position, you're wondering what are they looking at? Okay. Um, or what, why are they in that position? And if you're wondering why they're in that position, it means they're probably not where they should be most of the time. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, so they clearly would, would get it then if, if you think about it that way. Also, I feel like when I look at a new referee who's going to call an exclusion uh, and I look at the whistles, they're kind of like a tweet, tweet, you know, like that of thinking new, real new referee versus someone who's tweet, tweet, you know, it's just smooth and easy. Some of the, the mannerisms, the, uh, the way they basically handle themselves on the deck is generally a pretty good sign for me, whether they, they get it and they're learning and, and they're just calling the game or whether they don't quite get it and they're trying to keep up. If that makes okay. Sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. You've got maybe two minutes at halftime and it isn't a yeah. coaching situation, not an evaluation where you're going to watch the game in that two minutes. What's your general approach to, you know, talking to those referees, are you bullet pointing? Are you hitting on one thing? Or are you just kind of talk about some things that you're... I'll generally try to aim for two or three things. Uh, if we got two minutes, you know, talk about a situation, uh, explain, uh, ask what they saw in that situation, okay. explain, this is what I saw from this situation. Because sometimes they see something totally different, truly. And it, it could just be positioning. Generally, we're just stuck in one spot as an evaluator and they can see more. So I like to know why, you know, what, what you saw as a referee to call it. And then if it's truly like a, a learning moment, like an evaluation learning thing, uh, situation, I like to say, Hey, let's keep an eye on some of either like the physicality. So let's say 10 whites going at number four, blue, whatever. Hey, let's keep an eye on some of the physicality. Maybe try to work on your positioning, staying with these, with these pairs. This pair has a lot going on. I'm not trying to say like 10 or four, right. But, when we're talking age group and we're talking evaluations, we need people to be safe. So, Hey, let's, you know, let's try to stay near that group and kind of see what's going on. Keep, give them an extra eye and don't be afraid to step in. It's kind of what I'm always trying to say in those situations when it builds up, don't be afraid to do this because I want them to, to be relaxed. I know being evaluated is stressful. You know, I'm evaluated a lot of games. There's a lot of times you're thinking in the back of your head, Oh man, so-and-so is not going to like that, but you just have to call it. You can't be afraid to call it. You got to be willing to step in and make that call. So I, I, I'm looking for that. In that two minutes, I'm trying to just reassure them that I'm on their team. Sure. And I, this is what, this is what I, uh, I see. Maybe if you put yourself in this position, you might see something similar. Or what did you see? Tell me why. You know, um, maybe I just need to see it from that point of view. 
What are some things you have found yourself really working on in the past couple of years? I mean, I know once you get to a certain level, it's really just a maintenance, I suppose. But maybe when you jump from that, you know, high level four to getting ready to become that level five international phenolist, you want to kind of guy, what are some things that separated that? Because I have a feeling that that starts to become, you know, uh, razor thin. Yeah, um, I think there's always room to improve. I think in, uh, until you are calling every world championship or calling every Olympics or whatever, there's still room to improve. And, and I think that drives me uh, uh, definitely um, to do that. But I would say as far as specific things, I'm trying to work on my positioning a little bit more. I'm always trying to. I feel like there are times when I get roped into uh, this game is you know going about this way. So in my head, I'll start saying, all right, so how do I need to position myself? so that when 10 white and four blue go at it, I'm there. That's one thing is kind of the positioning and kind of thinking of when uh, the proverbial, you know, what hits the fan, this is what I'm going to do. As far as uh, one other thing, and this is uh, an interesting one, is the rules. Um, Obviously they're changing and that's an adventure, but with them changing especially, um, I feel like I have to know them all, all the time. Because you'd be surprised when you're at an event how many times you're sitting there and someone says, hey, uh, is that the correct ruling? And you're like, uh, you better know. You know yeah. um, we had it at JO's last year two or three separate times. Um, one of them, we had probably 40 people at a table and no one knew the answer to the rule. But uh, just kind of preparing yourself so when those things come up, you're ready to act quicker on them. Or if you're in, evalu- in an evaluative role, then you can serve as a judge and jury on that if you know what I mean what do you think of those new rules like one specific that you're like yeah love that call and maybe even how it's I, I think I saw a tweet about NCA changing some things around like what's yeah. what's one new rule that you're like yes put that in every single game from 10 and unders all the way up through international first of all I love them I think they're really fun I I, I think the the biggest one to me is you don't have to bring the ball back um, in fact, you can't, you don't bring the ball back. You know, right. like it's not an option other than a goal throw and, and inside two meters, like bringing the ball outside two meters for that. Right. Yeah. To me, that just, it keeps the game flowing. It allows you to clean up the contact at two meters behind the play because the player who's ahead can just pop the ball and keep going. The fact that you can put it in play and then go score is genius to me. I hated when you'd call an exclusion and someone would have to get the, get the right back. You know, they'd be driving down the pool and you just press away and they couldn't get live. And you're like, I mean, to me that ruined uh, so many counterattacks that way. So the fact that you can pop it outside six and go, uh, or a corner throw, uh, and go, I love that. I also think the, this was just me. This is just me being me, um, pointing up instead of pointing down at the six meter line. I think it's a genius move. Whoever decided this for FINA, because there is no question ever if you were pointing up, but there's always that question, well, was he pointing or was his arm just down? And I hated that. I hated the coaches like, you're pointing. You, they saw you point. Right. No, I wasn't. My hand was at my side. Um, nice. But I love the hand up. You know, I think of basketball with that one. Like, this is a three-pointer. Sure. That's one of the rules. And there's a, there's a few others that are, uh, when FINA went through their changes, they tried to make it more spectator friendly, if you will, so that people can understand it. Because, I mean, people who've watched the game for years still don't understand what's going on all the time. But if you've got a referee who's got their hand up, it's very clear, okay, there's, this is something. That's the same thing with the turn inside five, uh, 
at center or inside six meters that right. foul from behind. Yeah. If you're a fan and you watch someone a center turn someone and then just get clobbered, I mean, right. just like borderline striking, and there's no whistle, like what? What just happened? So, I mean, obviously you could always call striking, but if it's not a strike, like what, how are, are we punishing someone for that? Right. Um, we get it. Referees get it. The people who've played for a long time, like we're like, Oh yeah, well he's got the ball. Can't be fall if they got the ball. But now we've eliminated that. So I love it. I think it's, you're going to see in the next couple of years where there's going to be more penalties called in the next year than we're called in the last five. We'll eventually swing that pendulum back toward the middle, but I'm excited for the changes that are coming or, and that are here. Okay. Here's story time. You ready? I'm ready. Have you ever refereed a game and then finished and wondered what just happened, where you are, and is everything going to be okay? Yes, 100%. Do it. Um, (laughs) I think the first time it happened, um, (laughs) yeah, was actually, so when I graduated high school, I was actually refing. I started refing as a sophomore in high school. Um, In Michigan, the girls' season's in the spring, boys' season's Mm -hmm. in the fall. So I was on the bus for a swim meet or something. And uh, our coach said, Hey, they need referees for girls water polo. Does anybody want to try? And I was like, sure, I'll try. So my mom had to drive me to games, you know, and then sit in the parking lot because she didn't want to pay the admission to go watch random people play water polo, which <laughs> I don't blame her. But uh, so I, I graduated high school and my first year in college, I ended up calling the state championship game in the state of Michigan. And I was roughing with my buddy who I went to high school with. So we were both, 18, 19 years old. We graduated from Rockford High School, and the game was Rockford versus Ann Arbor Pioneer in Ann Arbor for the state championship oh, game. There were, uh, there's at least one Olympian on the Ann Arbor Pioneer team. They were amazing. Uh, Allison Gregorka, um, and then a number of people who played at um, in varsity level. I think there were two or three other girls who played varsity level. They were great. The Rockford team was good. Don't get me wrong. They were, they were good. Um, for whatever reason, when the game was finished, uh, Rockford won. I mean, they played a great game. Ann Arbor didn't play a great game. The Ann Arbor Pioneer coach was a wonderful guy, came up screaming at me. And I just remember thinking, what just happened? And then you look up in the stands and the fans are going crazy because they all know that we're all we're Rockford alumni oh, um, calling the game. I think that was the first time I ever like had my bags positioned. Like we at, at the third quarter, we're like talking to the refs, like you guys go get our bags put them by the door. We're grabbing them. We're going, we drove the two and a half hours home in our whites. Like yeah. we just didn't, we just got out of there. <laughs> and it wasn't like we threw the game by any stretch of the imagination. Sure. I, think, I think some of the nuances, the finer plays that perhaps um, Allison was doing that we didn't understand at the time, maybe changed the way we called the game. I mean, I've also seen, yeah, a number of games where there's yellow and red cards and you just want to leave and you just want to go home. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a real good example. But that's the first one, and that was one of many. And that referee who I was roughing with, uh, he was awesome. And then became a cop and just said, I'm done roughing. And I couldn't get him to referee anymore. He was hands down miles better than I was. Hmm. I was like riding his coattails, <laughs> and he was like, all right, I'm done. Uh, yeah, shout out I to think- Andy Schuling. He won't, he won't hear this. But. Well, maybe he will if you, you know, send him the link. You know. send it to him. I mean, we that's can foul. Use- yeah, yeah, we could use five or six listeners. Come on. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, I'd like to take a second to credit your name for your podcast. Uh, like to have a podcast that could be yelled at you. I really yeah. like that. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's part of the fun. I mean, how often do we hear that is 
as referees, you know. A couple times. Just I've heard it, yeah. All right. So uh, if you're familiar with the show, which maybe you are, maybe you aren't, I mentioned in the email that we're going to end with some rapid fire questions. Absolutely. So they're going to come quickly at you, but we can, we can dive in and spend as much time as you want. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So uh, there is no score, but uh, everybody wins by playing. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. You can, you, you, you can pass if you want and we'll come back to it. I usually forget to come back to it though. Yeah. Okay. All right. Off we go. So uh, who would play you in a biopic of your life? Oh, I forget his name. It's the dad from one of the Disney shows. Um, he's also the big guy from Robin Hood Men in Tights. He had long blonde hair at the time. That actor now looks like I do if I lost 10 pounds. Sorry. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, we'll we'll look that up on IMDb I don't know what his name and is. put that in the show notes. We'll have to edit that name back in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just I'll just put <laughs> What's more challenging, Scott? LA traffic or Michigan winters? We've had a pandemic since I've been out here, so LA traffic has been wonderful. Okay. Um, Michigan winters are are not my favorite thing. Hey bartender, give me a blank. Uh rum and diet. Okay. Uh mm-hmm. Diet Pepsi, Double, Diet Coke. Triple. No, mm-hmm. uh, strong captain and Diet Coke. Okay. Okay, yeah. there we go. Favorite dinner to smoke on the smoker over there? Ooh, uh, brisket. Ah, That's you throw uh, you throw like a sauce on that, or you would you? Uh, I just go salt and pepper. Okay, uh, a dry rub, put salt and pepper on that, and then uh, yeah, roast it for or you know, smoke it for depending on the size, twelve hours or so, and then just lick it all up. <laughs> <laughs> Best golf course you've ever played. Uh, not the Pebble best Beach. golf you've ever you played Pebble. I played Pebble. Yeah, I was really fortunate to go up there. Um, I've actually been really fortunate to play a number of really cool courses, but Pebble's got to be. I mean, it's you can't say Pebble's not the greatest course, right? Like everybody right. says, it's great. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're the athletic director at a major university. Okay. Given what you know now, would you hire Tom Izzo or Mike Shashevsky to coach your men's basketball team? Tom Izzo. That's not even a question. It's not. It's not. I was trying to give the little, you know, <laughs> little bit of green thing for you. Softball. Yeah, softball. High That's you get yeah. Monty Bates. Yeah, he just committed day, today. Monty Bates just committed to Michigan State. If he's the Monty Bates. College. Yeah. You know what I'm talking oh. about? The dude, the sophomore. From, That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, he's the sophomore. number one high school player in the country as a sophomore. Okay. I like it. Chore around the house you don't mind doing? Mowing the lawn. Yep. There's something about that fresh lawn smell and that little bit of quiet time. Are you a couch kind of guy or a recliner? Like, let's say you're taking a nap. Couch. Couch? Yeah, couch just, yeah, more comfortable for me. Is that a leather or fabric or what do we got? Probably fabric because I feel like the leather, you get sweaty. You know, yeah. you get sweaty and it sticks to you and you go to get up and it's like. Yeah. 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 My brother has leather <laughs> furniture. I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. What's the one song that you either belt out in the car or dance like no one's watching? Oh, uh, you know, it, it, it probably um, Taylor Swift has to, has to be it. Uh, or I'm a James Taylor fan. 
So uh, Sweet Baby James comes on, and yeah, yeah I, you, you can't shut me up. So you're 130 yards out and need to be on in one with a two putt to break par. What club are you pulling out of the bag? Buck pitching 30 wedge. out. Wedge? Full yeah, wedge? pitching wedge. Uh, foot wedge for sure. Full and then, wedge. Oh, sorry, sorry, full wedge. Uh, yes, I actually had a discussion with a buddy of mine today about uh, wedge distances, but uh, maybe take a maybe choke down a quarter of an inch on it. Okay. But yeah, um, or punch a nine iron depends on the wind. Sure, wind, everything. Final question. You are a movie buff. You've got a theater for one day and a hundred people to invite to see three movies. What are they? Ooh. Uh, Top Gun, Jurassic Park, the original Jurassic okay. Park. That one just holds a spot in my uh, in my heart. Um, and ooh, one other movie. Ooh, I'd probably <laughs> go the total opposite and go Marley and Me and ball my eyes out. <laughs> oh my god! That's the worst. That is the worst. <laughs> it is. Like Top Gun, yeah, talk to me, Goose. It's so great. You love it. You get all yeah. fired up. You know, um, Jurassic Park, dinosaurs. And then mm -hmm. I just sob my eyes out for a little while. Yeah. The Jimmy V, laugh, cry, you know, uh, each day type thing. Yeah. Yeah. You still do the movie pass out there? No, they actually, that business went under. Um, oh, why? Yeah. <laughs> wonder why yeah because people like me were using it all the time um and then uh i haven't been to a movie with the with what's going on in uh in quite some time i'm looking forward to getting back into a theater um yeah i, I won't lie top gun 2 is coming out at some point uh -huh. um, yeah i will i want to get like on the red carpet for that so if anybody listening knows how to get me on the red carpet for uh top gun 2 um i'll pay i i'm i don't mind i'll pay for it to get on yeah the all right, we'll we'll get our uh, research team on that. See see what we can come up with. See what we can come up with. Thanks. We saw uh, what was it? Is it was it nineteen seventeen? Is that what it was? Yes. Did you see that in theaters? We saw it. Yeah, in theaters. Did you jump out of your skin when that? I don't. Spoiler alert! Spoiler yeah. alert! When the rat <laughs> set off the trip thing, the the bomb. Oh yeah, at the when Holy they were going God. through the like right at the beginning, they were going yes. through the German. Yes. Lines there. Uh, and I wanted to throw up when he put his hand in that guy's body. Yeah, um, that was that was horrible. Yeah. But I, that's the last movie I saw in theaters. And oh. I kid you not, my butt came a foot off of the seat when that exploded. <laughs> I don't know why I jumped a mile. Um, like to the point where I looked around to see if anybody else noticed <laughs> that I jumped a mile. Well, that's all I got, man. All right. Well, I hope I didn't bore anyone too much. No, seriously, man. I I, I appreciate you taking time. I was a little. I I, I knew we were we were going to be operating on a as a go schedule here, but I'm glad we get together. I, like I said, Scott, I've I've just met so many cool people uh, on deck, and you and I have got you know being Midwest, and you've you've helped me out, um, giving me some opportunities to you know sometimes it just takes that person kind of seeing something and giving the opportunity. So I certainly want to celebrate my friends, but I especially want to celebrate you for helping me out, man. Well, thank you. And uh, I have to say, I'm constantly amazed at all the work you're doing um, from schools to this, to just mentoring people and all that stuff. And then uh, whistling on top of that. So yeah. uh, it's good. It's awesome. It's people. I mean, we need more people who are willing to do that. So thank you. 
Well, thanks, man. I appreciate yeah. that. Well, I hope everything goes well with the family out there. You know, I know, uh, I know Alicia's in a, in a fairly high stress job. Not mine is not high stress. So mine is only high stress because of the two kids. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> something else, man. Yeah. But I know, like I said, I knew that was, uh, that was, that was certainly a big deal for you guys to move out there, but I know there's some cool yeah. opportunities for your family and things like that. So thanks. Yeah. It'll good. be, it's going to be great. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. It's good catching up and hopefully again, I'm sure we will. I hope it's sooner than later, but I'm sure we'll see each other on deck at some point. So yeah. Whenever we get back on it, let's hope so. Right on, right on dude. All right, man. Thanks, Scott. Take care. Thank you, Chad. You too. Bye. Bye. My man, Scott Volts. Love catching up with him today, talking water polo and sharing some laughs. Like I said, I've had opportunities to meet truly great people on deck, but Scott just has this way about him. It makes referees feel supported and that everything is going to be all right. And refereeing with him, smooth like a gravy sandwich. Never, ever seen that guy get rattled. Looking forward to our next episode. Going to have my buddy Doug Turner in studio to talk about how athletics have continued to weave their way through his life. He's a family man who definitely has his priorities in line. Till next time, y'all. Be good to the refs. Shout out to our friend and fellow referee Adam Carroll for That's a Foul theme music. If you like what you heard today, tell a friend where to find us and follow us on your podcast service. As always, you can find show notes and other topics covered on today's show on our website, tafpodcast.com.